And welcome to this week's bonus podcast. How you doing? You're how you doing? How you doing? How you I'm doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. I, I'm okay because I've been chatting with somebody off Corey this week. <gasps> you, yeah, you have. I've been, been talking to Shirley Houston. You have. Well, she, she was really, really lovely. We had a nice little, little chat um, just the other day, just yesterday, about um, about her new story because I've been really fascinated by seeing all this stuff with her at home. And we spoke know, last week really on good. the podcast we, about. Yeah, I'm really. I think it's a really good idea for a story, a really fascinating um, insight and perfectly put to the right character. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's just been so sad watching Izzy, um, yeah. uh, knowing that some of it comes from the struggles that, that Cherylee's gone through I as know. well. So, um, yeah, I, I managed to invite her onto the podcast and uh, we had a bit of a chat about, about that and about her time playing Izzy. So that's what we're going to play as our bonus podcast today so Gemma you can go yeah. and put your feet up now if oh, you like okay. and, 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 and give it a listen or whatever because it's <laughs> Michael and Shirley time so <laughs> here it is here is Shirley Today I'm joined for a chat by Shirley Houston, who's been playing Izzy Armstrong on Corrie since 2010, and who we've recently seen appearing on Corrie, despite currently filming at home, thanks to some help of some DIY filming. Shirley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, lovely to have you here. First off, how are you? I, I can't even begin to imagine what a tough time you must have been going through this past year and a half. It's been surreal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that thing of going, actually, yeah, you don't realise what happens to the human mind until it's sort of retained in one space. But also that's time as well, because time just goes in a blur. Yeah. And I was reading somewhere early on in lockdown, it was about the fact that we don't have many new um, visual stimulus. So then experiences blur into each other. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been lucky. I've been very busy with Dank, the Disabled Artists Network community, and we've managed to do an awful lot there. So that has kept me quite busy, which has been nice. Yeah. When, when about did the spread of COVID stop just being, a, you know, a bit of a concern you heard about on the telly to become something where you realised, hang on a minute, this is going to make mean massive changes to my way of life? I don't think any of us realised that till summer. Until no. a few months into it, didn't we? Because <laughs> I mean, you sort of hear, hearing about it. And then when they started to say that, um, I hate the term vulnerable, um, people people with health conditions should be cautious. Um, my friend Mo, who's also disabled, we'd sort of gone, oh, because then you're going to have to isolate for two weeks. We're like, Mo, you can't stay in for two weeks on your own. <laughs> you're going to have to come and live with us. And then she stayed four months, five months, <laughs> which was great and lovely. But you kind of go, oh my God, now it's 16 months. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, I think we kind of, good job. We didn't know what we knew at the start now. Because mm. that would have been, if you were going lockdown last March and I was told then I'd be still in next August, that would be, yeah, I think that would make my head explode. Yeah, I bet. Were, were you worried at all about telling the Corrie bosses that you were going to need to start shielding and stop appearing on the show for a while? I they they sort it was a it was um, a two way conversation mm. which I mean they're so supportive about everything with me and always have been which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, and it was a conversation that carried on once the government shielding had stopped. We then had more conversations, um, you know, and yeah, I've been incredibly incredibly fortunate and looked after that's nice 
As far as you're aware, had there been any stories for Izzy coming up that had to be, you know, massively tweaked or scrapped? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I hate to think <laughs> of it now. <laughs> All the fun she could have had. <laughs> oh, so so what what sort of uh, things have you been able to do to keep yourself occupied whilst you've been shielding? Well, I've been um, running the Dank, the Disabled Arts Network community, and before covid we went we had 450 members um it's basically as a disabled actor i was forever told we don't know where to find you or you know made to feel like you were the only one and i knew there was a much bigger community out there than is apparent to the industry um so we started me and a couple of colleagues started triple c which launched dank the disabled artist network community and we were doing, every six weeks, we were doing meetings and all disabled artists were coming from all over the country. And it was really exciting. The one pre-lockdown was at ITV London. We had 113 disabled creatives in the room wow. and 17 industry guests. But now, since last March, we've been doing two webinars, two workshops, masterclasses a week with really key industry professionals. Um, and we've gone to over 1,150 disabled artists. And we're having some really massive conversations you know we're partnering with netflix itv um sony um yeah just doing a lot really and having those conversations getting rid of the fear because i think mm. a lot of people are scared about disability because we're scared of getting it wrong and saying the wrong thing and mm. it, it's about having those conversations go nobody knows the answers um it's you know ask let's have the chats we can you know and also that i think is being easy um, on Corrie has really proved that it can be creatively very interesting so yeah. you know those are the conversations we're having about you know it's about representation but it's not really representation because that's just a word that gets in the way it's about actually reflecting life on screen which yeah. isn't done as much as it should be yeah yeah and your, your partner Toby must have been a massive support to you through all this as well yes he's um <laughs> he built a sound booth in the front room and then it moved to the living room, yeah. which actually looks all right. But he's, he's moved. We had two um, bookshelves that then moved into a, a made a box, and then we've been doing radio, and he's been doing a podcast and things behind there. So, yeah, we've sort of kept each other entertained. Yeah, I, we have spent eighteen months, sixty. I don't know how many months it is together, but it's been a long time. <laughs> and now you're in a storyline with them. Yes. Uh, how, how did that all come about then? Was it, was it something that you suggested or the showrunners or, or what? Um, it was uh, one of the writers, Debbie Oates, who's a friend of mine. We've been having conversations and she was sort of saying what was reflected, she could see in my life was being reflected elsewhere by lots of other disabled people and lots of people with anxiety or for many reasons why people were shielding. Um, uh, and she, she took that to a Lindsay Williams um, script editor. She's had a script, she's bigger than that. Um, <laughs> and um, Ian and Verity, and they ran with it. And they'd all had conversations between themselves before they came to me with that. But they, yes, yeah, so they'd really went, this story needs to be told. And those, you know, it's really important, Ian was saying, really important to reflect Izzy mm. and keep Izzy in the show. And that was phenomenal what they did for me, you know, to be able to record at home. That was like reasonable adjustments on on you know tenfold which was brilliant because that's what it's kind of that's what the world sort of done was you know the world's opened up to disabled people through access through um zoom and all the things like mm. that but 
for a television show to record an actor at home, yeah. Yeah, t- tell me a bit about how that all works then, the, the filming at home. Well, um, it was a bit of a long process, as in they auditioned Toby first to check he could act in, before Christmas, yeah. and then which is lovely. Um, <laughs> and then there was lots of... Well, it, they did seem to make it very seamless. Um, but originally, yeah, they were looking at how they could do it because they, they then did a test with Toby Parker's audition, but also to see whether they could check whether the light, it was, whether they could do the tech correctly enough to be able to match it on screen so it didn't look like somebody filming themselves at home. <laughs> um, and then they dropped off some camera equipment and then me and Toby learnt a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like that thing of going, well, we need to learn this before the day because otherwise that could be an awful lot, you know, added pressures for Toby first time on Corey, for me first time doing that, this time working together, we needed it to be very slick, but but they were fantastic. So we had, um, I think it was a good week or so before, well, uh, we'd had a lesson, we'd learned quite a lot with the back lighting and stuff with the audition, but then, because we had that equipment for a week to sort of play around and learn and become familiar and see what we could make look good mm-hmm. um and then we had the camera equipment for a week so they very kindly cleaned it all down ensured it was brought to me safely and then it was time to be allowed to be isolated before we then used it um and then we had a lesson with a lot of crew <laughs> <laughs> teaching us how to do the use the radio mics how to do the lighting how to do the um camera and then then it was talking a lot with quite a bit with mickey jones and Die Christian, who's the directors, about camera angles. You know, sort of showing, showing this is where we think the set should be. Where do you think the camera should go? And then it was quite a surprise on on the well, we knew before the day, but we never did it with any of the other actors. We did it through Skype, and it was recorded. So we had a first AD reading the other lines into us. Oh yeah which was quite surreal. The one where I had to cry a lot was my friend Woody. Which was really, I was like, I'm not looking at you. Cause <laughs> so, yeah, it was... But, I mean, I remember... Because also, Tobes then had to do an awful lot more than me because I can't physically stand up, sit down, no. move things, because my muscles tear and my bones dislocate. So there was times when, I remember, between a couple of takes, he had to sit, move the chair, no, move the chair, you know, then sit back in. Because that's the thing, say on set, you go, uh, no, let's move that a little bit more. Props guy, come in, move it a little bit more. Da, da. So that was Toby, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Then the lights moved, that was Toby, up, moving those. Then the camera, um, yeah, then the sound. And then we had to move something on props background and check that those were in shot and the, the sewing machine was in shot and the knickers were facing the same way. And then each take, the camera's in sort of the corner of the room. And Toby had to stand up started recording it was going down a live feed to Corey mm-hmm. and he'd have to go camera rolling then they'd do all the things then they'd go he'd get in position and then they'd say action <laughs> well, that sounds really were there any like any technical hitches anything that you know just <laughs> went kaput oh, I've forgotten to turn my radio mic off when we tested it but thankfully they'd wisely put spare batteries in because <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that <laughs> apart from that it's all been okay Yes. So, um, what was it like getting back into the role of Izzy again after all this time just being Cheryl Oh, I loved it. I'd missed her. I'd missed everybody else as well. I mean, I am so lucky to work with some incredible, incredible people. 
um, very talented actors, and it was lovely. And it was like when I first started back, I was doing um, some on WhatsApp videoing. So then, like Jenny Calpine or uh, Tina would phone me from their phone and we'd do the scene. But then they'd hold the phone up, and then everybody in the crew would wave. And it was just lovely. It's been, you know, I'm I'm very very lucky. <laughs> Did you sympathise with the way that Izzy was trying to cover up the extent of her struggles to Carla and Sarah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Annoyingly, because I think, I think anybody with a chronic pain disability or disabilities in general will know that one where you just don't want to admit it's you. Mm. Well, it's not because it's not you, it's your body and it's your physicality. And also, because Izzy didn't have any care support, hasn't really been having people in to help, she got poorlier and poorlier. Yeah. Um, and I think um, admitting physical health is defeating you a little bit sometimes is quite a biggie. You know, there's quite, um, I think a lot of us patch on a I'm all right and then shut the front door and then it falls apart afterwards, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, of course. Um, and she's been very secretive about it to Gary as well, hasn't she? Yeah. Well, I think because you didn't want him to go, well, I'll take Jake then. Because obviously that, you know, and that's not a negative that he would be doing that because he'd be trying to support and help. But she didn't want to, she didn't want to stop being a mum. No, of course, of course. Is, is there an element that, for Izzy, the extent to which she feels in danger from the outside world doesn't quite align with the reality of the situation, you know, now she's had her two vaccinations and everything? Um, I think it's really hard to answer that to be honest, because I don't think we know the answers to that. And I think that's probably where quite a lot of people's anxiety is based in, mm. because, you know, you can get it again, you can get it, you know. Um, I don't really know, and I, I'd hate to go... Because I think it was... I think everybody who has anxiety around COVID, it's quite justifiable, because it could kill you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then also, yeah, she has been double vaccinated, but I think we're dealing with so many unknowns... And I think that's where quite a lot of disabled people have been in similar situations before. So therefore, sort of, it's not, I don't think it's the word caution, because actually, I think it can be, it's appropriate actions for how you feel. And I think it's really difficult for people to judge other people's reactions to it, because if you feel safe, that's great. If somebody else doesn't, it's about supporting them in that feeling because it's it's such an unknown to us, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so far we've seen a little bit of Fergus, who, according to Izzy, is just a helpful neighbour, but it feels like he's always there with her. her. Is, is he a character who we as viewers should be, you know, keeping an eye on, whose motivations for helping Izzy might perhaps turn out to be a bit more complex than Izzy has been making out? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the exciting thing about Corey is you never find these things out at the time. Um, I think it's been really lovely the reaction he's had. Um, I will keep it, yeah, I think I'd look out in a couple of weeks' time okay. um, to see what's happening with Fergus. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because we kind of know a little bit more because of the backstory um, we had in Toby's audition and he was a very sweet man who sort of offered to rig up a signalling system so if she needed help because mm. um, she'd fallen over and that's how he'd started to help her um, so 
yeah, I don't know. It'll be exciting to see what does happen. I will keep my eye out then. So um, just before we finish then, last year marked your 10th year on Coronation Street. And during that time, we've seen Izzy courting Gary, dealing with him being overprotective, having a child through a surrogate, losing a sister Katie. Well, what has been some of your highlights of your time on the cobbles so far? All of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wouldn't... I've been so lucky to have so many different storylines and be able to explore how Izzy is in different circumstances. One of my favourite things is the factory, if I'm honest. Um, among, oh, and I loved working Mike. I do love working Mike. He's such a brilliant actor. Mm. And we had some great stuff together. And I learned a lot through working with him. And we sort of, I think we both pushed each other in a creative way. Um, aside from... That oh, and I had such a lovely family. Yes, and the heartbreak of losing them, and you know, but um, the the joy of the factory is what I think Cherylee is missing as well as Izzy, of um, that that team and that group of people and, and the fun we have and and how they work as a chorus. I love that work. You know, it's, it's very, you know, we're, we're we're sort of like there's the chorus and then there's always somebody whose story's the lead that's happening and but then the facilitation of that and the fun we have with that and and be able to find moments in those in those moments I really miss and thoroughly enjoy as well yeah well I hope it's not going to be too long before we see you back in the factory with everybody again when everything's okay when it's over we will see well thank you really very much for coming on to the podcast today Shirley it's been lovely talking to you and hearing about how it's been from from your perspective Oh, thank you. It's lovely to have come on. I feel very honoured. Thank you. Thank you. Right, bye-bye then. Bye-bye. Oh, wasn't that lovely? Oh, she's so thank nice you, to come I, on I was, the show. I know. I was, I was really pleased that she agreed to come on because yeah. it, is, it is a really important story, like we said at the beginning. And um, she was... It's lovely been done to so chat well to. as well. It is. It's been doing so so well, and I'm I'm really intrigued about about <laughs> Fergus. I mean, I, I, really, I want to know what what, what he's up find to. Out. But, um, yeah. Time will tell. Hopefully, time will tell, and it won't be too long before <laughs> the story will be back on our screens again, and we get to find out. So, thank you again, Shirley, for coming on to the podcast. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yep. Um, and and do write in if you uh, if you've got your own thoughts or theories or anything about what's going on with Izzy yes, and that uh, you can contact us at conversationstreet at gmail.com or all the other usual places like Twitter and Facebook and what have you. But that's it. That's it for the week. Just a short bonus podcast. Hope you enjoy that. We're going to be back at the weekend with our next normal episode. It's going to be a little bit later this weekend, yep. isn't it? We probably can't record this until Saturday. Um, so hope hope this keep you going until then. Yeah. Tough of it's not really. Go and do something else. <laughs> it's summer. Go and get, get out there and enjoy the fresh air or something. Open the window at least. <laughs> right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you next time. Ta-ra. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Mm-hmm.